He is exalted above the heavens. Majesty, worship His majesty. I love what the psalmist said about His majesty. In this series of From Darkness to Light, this week, week four, I want to bring to light, but bring to awareness, a dark place. Your time of testing, your night season. If you would, please turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. You're familiar with this text and you're familiar with the verse. But I want you to hear this this morning, other than hearing it from a a place of mourning, a place of grief, a place where, you know, you hear it at funeral homes and and it offers that sense of comfort. But this morning, I don't know what you're going through, but I do know something that this message is for somebody in this room and you're here for a reason. You know, oftentimes I'll, I'll kick off my messages and say this message is for me if it's not for anybody else. But as I've been journeying through my night seasons and as I've looked back over my life and realized the importance of those night seasons and those places in my life, I now realize the importance of what those dark places were like. And oftentimes you'll hear in the midst of death, in the midst of grief, you'll hear this passage of scripture come to life and you'll be able to embrace it. Know that Mike and Sherry were out of town last week as... They laid to rest her grandfather. And we hear this and we want this passage to be a sense of comfort for each one of you. And I really believe that the psalmist was truly saying that this will be not only a text of thanksgiving for deliverance from death, but it's also comfort for all of us as we go through our dark seasons of our life. Verse 5. For his anger endureth. But a moment in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There are times in all of our lives when things are not changing as fast as we would like. We're praying and believing, but our health isn't improving. Our finances haven't turned around. And we still haven't met the right person. We can feel alone, maybe even forgotten, as though our situation is never going to change. Yet it's a time of testing. A night season. You see, in these night seasons, we can't see what God is doing. He doesn't look as if anything is happening. But God is working behind the scenes and you see god does his greatest work in those times of testing we just don't see anything changing yet we're still dealing with the same problem but i love this but god hasn't forgotten you god hasn't forgotten us In the dark times when life feels unfair, you have to remind yourself that God is still in control. Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean that God isn't working. He doesn't always show you what he's up to. And it is easy to trust him when you're getting good breaks and things are going your way. But you have to learn to trust him. You have to learn to put your faith in. And trust in him. In the times of testing and in the night seasons when things aren't going your way and you don't see anything happening. You must trust him. Your time of testing. This dark season. I've been there. I've experienced it. I've been in the low place of my life yet I've been on the mountaintop. But I know that in the midst of no matter where my journey's at, even though my carnal side wants to say, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. God's not with you. 
And then that scripture verse comes to mind. If God be for us, who shall be against us? We know that we already have the people in our lives that have pulled us down. We already know that we've had addictions that have pulled us down. We already know that we've had hell that continues to try to pull us down. But if God be for us, who shall be against us? In all these things, we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us. Many of you are sitting there today and you're, you're saying to yourself, well, I remembered that night season, but where is pastor going with this? Here's where I'm going with it. I want you freed. I want you to understand that it's always, and I understand the earthly life is not always good. But after you get out of this dark season, and at the end of this message, you'll soon find out that God worked in men of God and women of God to get them through their dark season so that there was a hope for eternity. Oh, every week. In, in America today, our life is just so burdened with just the stressors of life. And some of you are facing that today. Maybe through health. Maybe through your finances. Maybe emotionally or, or physically or whatever it might be. Maybe you're the caretaker. Maybe you're the one that's, that says, I can't do this anymore. This is too much for me. But I want to tell you something that's so comforting that God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And in that dark season, in the middle of all of that pain and suffering, God just comes in and he picks you up because he said, I won't leave you alone. And it's in that season that God starts to truly give you peace and comfort and assurance in that difficult time. Let us pray. Father, we love you, and we pray that in the next few minutes, Lord, as I just simplify your word, Lord, help us to, to just be receptive and open, Father, to what you have for us. Take us on this journey as you already have. But, Lord, let us look back and realize that not everything in our life has to be bad. But, God, in the midst of it, you usher and offer light in the dark moments of our life. Oh God, help us today. Free us. Bring us hope. In your holy name we pray. Father, hide me behind the cross. Speak through me this morning. For you are exalted on high. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Point one. Weeping for a night. Weeping for a night. As a young man, David kills Goliath. We know this story. It was a great victory. But after he spent years running from King Saul, hiding in caves, sleeping in the desert, here's what I'm sure of. I'm sure that he prayed, God, deliver me from Saul. This is not right. Because here was, King, here was young David. He goes out, and all these events start to take place in the Scriptures. Then he takes down one of the biggest soldiers out in the field. He was just this little, good-looking, as the Bible says, handsome found favor with God, but yet they're like, how did he do that? See, David knew he could never take down a giant like that. But he also knew that in the midst of all that, that giant that was there, he knew that all he had was a little sling and a few little stones, and it took down that giant. But you see, what happens is when pride starts to creep up in our life and in our dark seasons, when we try to get through those hardships and the trials and the tribulations all on our own, Pride creeps in. And that's what happened with King Saul. So before long, King Saul was out to kill King David. Even at one point, King David could have taken matters in his own hands and said, and when I say King David, he was actually young David. And then after Saul uh, passed away, King David came in on the throne. But God gave him favor. Remember, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. That was David. But as Saul is resting... King David went in there and even took off the hem of his garment, cut it. That was just a reminder to him to say, you know who I am and whose I am. But what I love about what David did, David, even though he was running and running and running and running and was crying and crying out to God, asking him, I need your help. I need your protection. All of a sudden, he was reminded who 
he was. And it was because he was a child of God that God delivered him and helped him out. It's in the night seasons that are times of testing and times of proving. We can choose to get negative and live discouraged or choose to say, God, I don't understand it. It's just not fair. But I trust in you. I know you're not just the God of the daytime, but also the God of the night seasons. So it was in the middle of that night that David could have taken matters in his own hands. But it was during that time that God came in and said, let me handle it. There's times in my life I want to handle some people. Y'all know what I'm talking about here. But we have to kind of surrender to that, and we have to say, God, not my will be done, but yours be done. And God, in the midst of my testing, maybe it was never about them. Maybe it was about me. Maybe I'm the one that needed to go through some of this. Maybe my own growth experience was about me. We have, you know, my Uncle Arnold used to always say this. See this right here? When you point to somebody, three little fingers are pointing back. Be very careful. So what we need to do is we need to, as David did, and in that night season, let God start to work all things out for his good and your good. Ruth lost her husband. I love that wonderful story of Ruth and Boaz. What a romantic little, you know, I'll never forget my wife and I. And when I was doing my, my Bible college study, we had to read the courtship of Ruth and Boaz. And all God's people said, ah. See. And, uh, but, you know, what I found interesting about the story of Ruth is that even with Ruth, she lost her husband. But what I love about the story of Ruth, and even though she was devastated and she was heartbroken, she learned a great principle from Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. Weeping may endure for a night. This hardship, this loneliness, this time of mourning, it's just I can't handle it anymore. And... But the psalmist said, what happens? But joy comes in the morning. You see, just like Ruth, night seasons aren't the end. Your story isn't over because your story doesn't end in the night. You see, the night is temporary. Your sickness is temporary. Your loneliness is temporary. Your addiction is temporary. And victory is on its way. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. That's faith. See, we don't put enough faith in God to say, God, help me. Because, you see, we want to yield and say, God, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy what I'm going through. Well, here's the rest of the story with Ruth. <sighs> Ruth fell in love again. It's a great story. We don't need to go back to it. But she fell in love again. Got married and had a baby, and her story didn't end in the dark. You see, just like Ruth, God is at work. Dare to trust him. Keep moving forward in faith. Keep believing. It's just a matter of time before the morning breaks forth. Why? Because joy comes in the morning. I love to sleep. How many of you love to sleep in this room? Isn't it great? I love to sleep. And yet, I love to get up out of bed. I don't know what it is as I get older when 5 o'clock comes around. I want to leap out of that bed and it takes all I have to sleep. But I've realized that it's during the night that God wakes me up. It's during the dark time that God wakes me up and brings one of you to my mind. So I have to go right to the Lord in prayer and say, God, what's going on? Why did you wake me up? And you know what the most bizarre thing is? It's weird. And I say it's weird, but we'll say it's divine. God wakes me up around that 3 o'clock hour. That 3 o'clock hour just is just that magical number. And I think somebody turned the lights on in the room. But he showed up just to say, listen, let's talk. And really all I wanted to say was let's sleep because I like sleep. But he wanted to talk. And, and oftentimes in our dark moments of our life, we don't want to talk to him. 
I've had more people say to me, I lost my husband, I lost my wife, I lost my baby, I lost this precious thing that was to me, I lost my job. I am so angry at God, I don't want to talk to him. I am over talking to him. I'm bitter. I remember walking into a house, I got a phone call, this was years ago, walked into the house and the, the lady was curled up in, in a ball and they're like, what do we do with her? And she says, I'm bitter towards God. She was bitter. She was angry. And in her dark season, it was difficult for her to talk to God, to muster up enough emotion and energy and love to be able to say, okay, God, I understand what you're taking me through. See, we don't like it. I hate pain. I hate hangnails on my fingers. I hate a toothache. I hate pain. Am I the only one in this room that hates pain? As Sterner, he just went through some pain this past week. We all hate pain. But sometimes it's during that pain where God gets a hold of us. And then we start talking to him. I thought I left this platform over there. What is up with this creaking in my floor? Deacons and trustees, get that taken care of for me, please. Just kidding. But it's in that season... That we realize that joy comes in the morning. So in the midst of all that pain, in the midst of all that suffering, God is ready to show you his love. He's ready to restore your love and faith back to him. Point two. After this, joy in the morning. After this, joy in the morning. Please turn with me, if you would, please, to Job chapter, chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Now, Job chapter 1. And as we read this text, I'm going to spend some time in here. And I just want to read the chapter because I love this story. And then we're going to correlate it to our life and, and kind of figure out, you know, how does all this correlate and what was his dark season in his life. The riches and pity of Job. Verse number 1. There was a man in the land of Uz, not Oz, whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and shunned evil. Love that word, skewed evil. Sounds so scholarly. Should I read it again? And he skewed evil. Little British in there. Verse 2, and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Let me do the math for you. That's ten children. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually pray. Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God, which means angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, the adversary, also came along with them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where do you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, and one that fears God and eschews evil? Wouldn't it be great? Just think about it. Satan says this about you. He goes to God, because we remember that God has full authority over your life. And he says, listen, i got to talk to you about something. Do you understand what's going on with him or her? And he says this on your behalf. Oh, no, you don't. You're not going after him. And if you try, that's okay, because that is a prayer warrior. That is a giver. That guy is a laborer. Man, he is he sacrifice. He is amazing. She is awesome. You wouldn't believe how they pray and how they really uplift people. 
Man, that one right there, they know how to lead people to Christ. They know how to see souls saved, lives changed. Man, you go right ahead. Well, that was Job. So Satan continues to, you know, have a conversation with him. And here's how it goes. Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse thee to thy face. Wow. 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 Can you imagine God saying on your behalf, go ahead, go after him. And you know what they're going to, you know what that child of mine's going to do? They're going to curse you to your face. Get away from me, you piece of crap. Amazing, isn't it? But would we? Will we? Can he really talk to Satan on your behalf? Wow, what a pondering thought. And so we continue here. In verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power, and only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And here is the story of a man who loved God, who was sold out, separated. I mean, just loved him with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. In verse 17, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Oh, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in your eldest brother's house. Behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote... And that word actually means struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground in worship, and said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gives, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He never said in his dark season, God, this is all your fault. And so many people want to point fingers to God and say, God, it's all your fault. Why? 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 When we have to put our faith and trust in God, take a step back and give him full authority of your life. Because he loves you and he cares for you. And because the Bible says that Job was a righteous man. That he shaved his head. That he stripped himself of everything. And he cried and he said, God, have mercy upon me. I know what's happening. Don't let me lose sight of who you are or my love that I have for you. And right then, God starts to show his mercy. And even though we read that Job encountered a night season, even though Job had found favor with God and this was his time of testing and his whole life was turned literally upside down, we learn that bad things do happen to good people. Bad things do happen to good people. And Job experienced that, but he never blamed God. I love what Matthew 5.45 says. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. No matter what, sometimes I know for many of you, you think, how in the world is that heathen, that wicked, evil individual even prospering? Well... 
Because the scriptures are true when it says God sent sun to shine upon the good, the bad, and the ugly. The just and the unjust. But notice this. Without rain, there's no growth. Remember, it's in the dark. In the soil that our seed germinates and starts to grow and brings forth a bloom. We must remember that you're in the palm of God's hand and he knows exactly what you're going through. He is closely watching you. He will never give you more than you can handle. Oh, I've heard that before, Pastor, but why is it that I cannot handle another moment of this season? We can never reach our destiny or our full potential in Christ without the growth that needs to take place in our lives. Job suffered many nights of misery. He felt as if he was never going to see or experience the light or the joy of mourning. At some point he felt that his situation was permanent. Loss, death, financial hardship, addiction, and maybe even pain, physical pain can feel permanent. However, you may not understand it, but don't worry, church. It's not permanent. It's just a season. Joy is coming. Health is coming. Breakthrough is coming. And promotion is coming. Do you believe it? Will you receive it? Amen. Your morning is going to be turned to dancing and your sorrow to joy. This is what happened to Job. He not only made it through the night season, but God restored double what he lost. He came out with twice the livestock. He felt twice as healthy. God always makes the enemy pay for bringing trouble into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, preacher. I'm going to repeat it again. Because I, I just love that part. And as I was typing it up, I thought, man, I, that's so true. God always makes the enemy pay for bringing trouble into your life. If you'll stay in faith, you won't just come out. You will come out better than before. Watch. The Bible says, and we won't go through the whole book of Job this morning, but the Bible says that Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for many generations. Job then lived a good life. I say, and I'll say it again, if you'll put your faith and trust in God, he'll give you double for your trouble. That's exactly what happened to Job. He put his faith and trust in God, and God gave him double for his trouble. The Bible speaks exactly of that. So how many in this sanctuary only think of Job and his suffering and all of his pain? How many reflect upon the story of Job and only think of his suffering and his pain? You know, churches and pastors, we have a tendency to kind of Hold out on that chapter one and not really focus on anything else. But the truth is, that was just one season of Job's life. You may be in a dark time, but like Job, you're going to come through it and still live a long and blessed life. You see, after the loss, after the disappointment, after the divorce, after your sicknesses, after your addictions... There are still many great and wonderful days ahead. This past week, I received a letter. My wife and I received a letter, and I just want to read a portion of this letter. Now, this was, this was through death, and in this letter, I just want to, to, to kind of allow you to understand that even through death, that there is a time of mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mourning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes through your mourning. You see the correlation? She says, my first year without my mom was the darkest year of my life. I'm not playing on your sympathy. I'm just sharing with you what I went through the first year. Todd and Becky, I pray that the Lord comes back before you lose either one of your parents. It's an awful pain that I would not want you to experience. I couldn't even mention her name or talk about her without weeping. I was in a very deep depression, and it was scaring me. 
I wanted to have someone dig up the dirt off of her casket and let me get inside with her and have them shut the lid so I could go home just to be with her. I didn't want to live anymore without her. She was my best friend, and I had never loved someone so deep before like I did her. Moving forward, it's now one week before her one-year anniversary date of being home with the Lord. I talked to the Lord and told him that he said he wouldn't put any more on me than what I could bear, and that I needed him to take this heavy heart and this deep depression from me because it was scaring me. Becky, on the morning of my mom's one-year anniversary, I got up. And for the first time, I was able to talk about her and laugh at the things she did that was funny without shedding any tears. Then my heart didn't seem as heavy anymore. You see, the precious Lord took that pain from me, and I thank him daily for doing just that for me. Wow. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Look to somebody and say, your joy is coming. Your joy is coming. Point three. God develops character. My last point. Point three. God develops character. Maybe you've made a mistake and it has put you in a time of testing. A night season and you're not where you thought you would be. Now you think you have to settle there and never accomplish what God put in your heart. You may not realize it. But right now, God is getting you prepared for your comeback. What he started, he's going to finish. You see, God has already taken into account every wrong turn, every mistake, every bad break in each one of your lives. It may look like the end to you, but it's just a temporary delay. Mm -hmm. It's a time of testing, a time of proving. This is where... God is developing your character. Why? Because God is working in you, polishing off all of those rough edges. Numbers 12.3 says that Moses was so humble. The scriptures actually say that he was very humble. And in the King James Version, it says that he was meek, more so than any man on the face of the earth. You see, God used Moses after wandering aimlessly for 40 years in the desert. You see, in Moses' night season, he changed. He learned to wait on God, to listen to his voice, and to walk in humility. He came up higher in his character. Now, Moses, deliver my people in bondage from the hands of those Egyptians. And here's what I'm going to do for you, Moses. I'm going to allow you just to raise up that staff, raise up your arms, part that Red Sea. You're going to see more now than you ever saw before. All that pain and suffering because you rebelled and you didn't listen. And in your night season, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. Now God's people said amen. That's what he does. So in Moses' life, man, Moses started being used mightily. How many of you want to be used of God? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're 12, 13, 15, 60, 80. It doesn't matter. God still wants to use you mightily. You have to surrender to that. So when do we grow physically? When do we grow physically? Medically, they say that we grow in the night while we're sleeping. That's why I have a daughter that's 6'2", because we put her to bed at 6, and she slept till 9 o'clock the next day. <laughs> you see, we all grow in tough times. God, make me. God, mold me. Stay open and stay receptive and pliable. When you're in a night season, you may not like it, but it's working for you. And what it's doing in your life, it's developing character in you. If you're having a hard time at work, I get it. But just stop for a minute and say, God, I know you're doing something in me. Man, come through. And, and when I look back on this, I'm going to go, yep, you're right. I know why I went through that. Even in my own life, I know why I've gone through some journey in my own life, through my family, through the church, through just life experiences, work, business, all of it. You look back on it and say, man, 
There's an old song that Ron Hamilton used to sing called, I Shall Come Forth as Gold. And that's kind of what it reminds me of, even in all of our suffering. Many of us need to say, God, mold me and make me. You have to be prepared for where God is taking you. Moses couldn't handle it the first time around. He made a mistake, and he had to run. But you see, God didn't write him off. And if you've ran, God hasn't wrote you off. He still has plans for your life. He loves you. He went to a cross. He died for you to give you life. All you've got to do is reach out. Surrender your pride, your will to him. He didn't cancel Moses' destiny. He used a time of testing, his night season, to refine him. Listen closely, church. When Saul was chasing David through the desert, there were several opportunities for David to kill Saul. He could have taken Saul's life and gotten rid of his problem, so to speak. But David wouldn't do it. He knew that Saul had been anointed by God. He told his men, I will not harm God's anointed. I will not raise my hand against God's man. After he passed these tests, David showed God what he was made of, that he was a man of integrity. God took care of Saul, and David was made king. You see, without the night seasons, we wouldn't become all God created us to be. Without these night seasons, these times of testing, we wouldn't become all God created us to be. So I ask you this morning, are you in the middle of your test? Are you in the middle of your test? Have you passed the test? There was once a caterpillar. He was just crawling along just fine. Everything was great. But down deep inside, something said, you're not supposed to crawl like this your whole life. You have more in you. He gets excited thinking, yes, that's right. Then he looks in the mirror and says, what was I thinking? I'll never fly. I'm just a glorified worm. That's impossible. So he changed his mindset, and one day the caterpillar spins a cocoon around itself and hangs upside down from a branch. It's dark. He couldn't move. He couldn't eat. If you were to talk to him when he is in the cocoon... He would say, let me go back to where I was. Let me go back to being a caterpillar. I don't like where I'm at. I'm uncomfortable. It's dark. It's lonely. But what he didn't realize was that in the dark, a transformation is taking place. Before long, he starts feeling some wings. Then he gets the strength to push out of that cocoon. Now, instead of crawling on the ground, he's a beautiful butterfly floating through the air. Amazing story. Simple, yet profound. Like the caterpillar, we all dislike the night seasons, the times of testings, the times of trials. We don't like being uncomfortable. We don't see anything happening. But there are times that God incubates us. And he does not take us through the dark places to make us miserable. He doesn't take us through the dark places to make us miserable. But it's in the darkness that God is transforming us. Wow. In closing this morning, I want you to just open up your Bible to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. I wanted to kind of finish my message this morning with this passage. Because I truly believe that it was at that dark moment in Paul and Silas's life, in their dark season, God broke through. And some awesome things started taking place. In your dark season, don't be intimidated by your feelings. Cry out to God. Allow Him to work in and through you. Listen to this story. 
Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 36. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this day she, she many days, oh, and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and to the authorities and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes. They tore off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. And he put their feet in shackles. It says there that their feet were made fast in stocks. And here we go, verse 25, watch. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of the sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled, had run away. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. It's okay. We're all still here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And here's what he said in verse 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And your house, your whole household. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in the house and took them to the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all of his straightway coming right up out of that water it was a little sprinkle they had a party going on there that night mm -hmm. they were praising god man i was trying to think of something in my life lord be glorified be glorified can you imagine so the jailer falls asleep they're praising they're shouting they're saying hallelujah and all the other good wonderful things that we as christians should do in the midst of our night season Here's the finale. In the midst of it all, at midnight, they, they should have been sleeping. For I'm sure they were hungry, yet they were in pain. The Holy Spirit started moving. The Holy Spirit started moving, and guess what took place in that jail room? Revival. Revival took place in their night season wow listen church I don't know all of your stories I don't know what you've gone through but I will tell you this that in the midst of your pain and your suffering God is making a way for you he has already worked all things out for your good and it's during that time that he loves you and that he cares for you, and he doesn't want you to journey by yourself. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning.
And I want everybody's attention up here. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know the suffering that you've been going through. But foremost, I need to talk to you one-on-one because we are in church and this is the only place you'll get it. You won't get it at O'Charlie's. You won't get it at Longhorns. You won't get it at uh, Panera. You won't get it anywhere else. But you're going to get it here today. Jesus loves you. He went to a cross and he died for you. And the reason why he died was to give you life and to allow you to experience the joys of heaven. If you're in this room and you have struggled just this past month, maybe in the past year you've struggled, you know what God is saying? Come back. You come back. I love you. And if you're in this room and there's never, listen to me, there's never been a time where you said, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you went to the cross, you died for me. That you hung on that cruel cross. That you're, you paid the price for me. And that penalty that was paid gave me freedom and victory. Lord, today I believe in you. If you've never done that, I want you to do it today. Don't you leave this building. I mean it. If you are not saved, don't leave this building because guess what? Something could happen outside this building. And last night, the Lord convicted my heart strongly to share this with you this morning. Your time of salvation is today. Quit worrying about what's going on around you. You walk this aisle, and I'll be standing right up here. And if there's something you need prayer over, I've got deacons, trustees, associate pastor. We are ready to pray with you. If not, you want to pray by yourself, you pray by yourself. You just walk right past, past me. But I know that salvation, you have your night season story. And maybe it was in that night season that you really saw the hand of God come down and lift and pick you up. But just like this, God wants you. Satan also wants you and your household. And it's time today to just say, God, here I am. I surrender. Finally, I see it. This has been such a dark time of my life. Lord, here I am. Use me. Mold me. Make me. I confess. I'm pouring myself open before you. Lord, heal me today. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, listen. Verily, verily. Listen, listen. I say unto thee. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You want to walk up to somebody and say, you know, I understand weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. This is why there's joy. Because I know Jesus. You know, the moments when I want to give up, I know Jesus. Those moments when I want to get angry, I know Jesus. Those moments when I get discouraged and depressed, I know Jesus. Those moments when my dad was in that casket and we were getting ready to put him down and I had my sunglasses on and started, tried so hard to stay strong, I knew Jesus. And I knew that even through that journey that God was going to shine down light and help me in the darkest time of my life. Have you accepted Jesus? Have you truly got on your knees and said, God, I don't care. If you don't know the prayer, I'll pray with you. If you're a lady and you want, my wife can pray with you. But would you give your life back to God? Would you give your heart back to God? Today's your day. Don't miss out on the opportunity. Come to Him just as you are. And it's said there that as they celebrated, they cleaned up those stripes. They cleaned up the pain. And they baptized them. Oh, no, they didn't wait. They accepted who Jesus was and got baptized. Wow. What a glorious story. Time of testing our night seasons. Let's work through them together. Would you come back to him? Let's all stand to our feet as we sing and as we worship. If you need to come to the altar and pray, listen, I'm here. I will pray with you. I will walk you through this. God wants to help you. It's like this. Reach out your hand. Reach out your heart. 
and let God move you. Father, we love you and we thank you for the power of your love. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this service this morning. Father, thank you for growing all of us. Lord, in the midst of our dark moments, even when I have felt alone, oh God, how I have forgotten to just turn on some music and start singing and worshiping. Oh God, you know those moments when I've grabbed my iPhone and just sat in my closet and worshiped you. Oh God, bring us to a place where the most important decision we'll ever make is trusting in you. God, save us today. You didn't go to a cross for entertainment. It wasn't about a, an Easter pageant. It's not about you coming to this earth through a Christmas story. God, it was about your saving grace for mankind. God, help us today. Lift us up today. Be with us today. Move in the hearts of those in this congregation today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, please. How many of you have experienced a night season in your life? Amen, amen, amen. Many in this room. Amen, amen. If you're going through this night season and you need God, then you come to Him today. Is there some in this room with no one looking around that you need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If you've never been saved and asked God to come into your heart and life, just let me pray with you. Lift up your hand. If there's never been a time where you've done that and you feel like you need prayer, I won't call you out. I won't point you out. But let me just, just pray for you. Anybody in here this morning? Well, if you didn't have the courage to lift up your hand, have the courage to take that first step. If you know somebody next to you doesn't know the Lord, you grab them by the hand and you tell them, let's, let's ask Jesus in to your heart. Today's your day of salvation. Today's your new experience. Oh God, have mercy on those that are in this room, Lord, and in our night seasons. God, help us to experience the power of your love. Oh God, let us understand truly what we need to do in our walk. Lord, deliver us today. Help us today. But Lord, I'm excited because for many of us, you've already allowed that cocoon to open up and they're ready to fly. Oh God, thank you for all of our experiences. Thank you for being with us. Lord, you are worthy of our praise and our honor. In your holy name we pray. Amen.